All right, good to be here with you this morning. Um, thank you, for Jared, for that kind introduction. It's good to be here. Hey, only two more services in this building. Only two more. And we just found out they have no chairs over there, so you have to set them up and tear them down every weekend. So <laughs> throwing that out there. We just came out. We're hot off the marriage retreat. All of our marriages are perfect now. Terry won't leave me alone. It's a beautiful thing. Good. Honey, calm down. It's just a marriage retreat, you know. So if you miss it and you're married, whatever. Next year, we are, hey, we are going to get... Um, hooked up for next year early. We're going to start getting ready now, I think, for next year. It was so awesome this year. So super excited about this series. Um, uh, uh, Josiah launched this a few weeks ago, his brainchild, excellent, excellent idea um, about Rock Church distinctives, okay? Uh, these these distinctives are near and dear to our hearts at Rock Church, and, and we believe they set us apart from other churches. Now, for the work God has called us to do, not to think that we're any better or more special than any other church, okay? We're not proclaiming in any way to be better than other churches. We are proclaiming that we believe the Holy Spirit has revealed to us about our vision, amen, yeah. and our distinctives. That's really what this is about. We're, I want everyone to understand that. We want to stay humble before God and, and do the things God is calling us to do and directing us. And one of those things, obviously, is our vision. And we hear, you hear this a lot. I love it, right? Know God. Let's do it again. To know God, to find family, to live kingdom-centered lives, to be on mission together. That's the vision of Rock Church, okay? And then we have our distinctives, the five things we believe that will aid us through the grace of Jesus Christ to fulfill our vision. So Josiah has already launched uncover number one. What, anybody remember what it was? Hey, Josiah remembered. Thank God. Thank God. Okay, the first distinctive is the word of God. This ministry, this house, our lives are to be founded upon and built by the word of God. The word of God takes preeminence in this house. It's very, very important to us, okay? The second distinctive everybody remembers was? Woo, thank you, Lord. That's a little better, a gospel-centered life. And today I will introduce to you distinctive number three. This morning I'll be speaking to you about the charismatic distinctive, okay? As you know, Rock Church is word-based, gospel-based, and because of these, we are, dis listen, we are unapologetically charismatic in our distinctives, okay? So we're going to get into this a little bit this morning. I want you to pay attention. The church charismatic, charismata, the gifted church, the empowered church by Jesus Christ, amen, the living Savior, okay? This is his idea. The church charismatic was the Lord's idea. The church charismatic was is and always will be God's plan backed by God's word for God's church. Okay, so this is not some newfangled idea. This is not something that, you know, ended years ago. This is something that God has designed for his church from when it began to now. Amen. And it will continue until the Lord returns. So it's really important to us around here, um, which means that from the birth of the church in Acts chapter 1, 
okay? Verse, or, or Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. God intended for the church to be powerful, okay? Spiritually powerful and gifted through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And all of that made possible because Jesus Christ loved you so much that he was willing, right, to die for your sins, die in your place, and, be, and, and then after that, to prove that what he did for you on the cross worked, God raised him from the dead, and, and he chose us in that, and then he poured out his spirit upon us, amen, he's still doing that today, that's what this charismatic thing is all about, and uh, so we're going to spend a little time talking about it, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, says on one occasion, we're going to the Word, okay? We're going to talk about the charismata, the charismatic. We're going to the Word. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave the Father, or he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised. Okay, he's talking to the early church. Just a handful of them now, probably 120. Wait for the gift my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by my own authority. Verse 8, listen. But you, the church, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the gifts are all about witnessing, being a witness for Jesus Christ, representing Jesus Christ, making Jesus Christ known to the world. That's what they're all about. But there are some problems with the charismatic idea, okay? Many churches only want to be, I want you to listen to this for a second, today, Many churches only want to be word-based, often, often believing that the charismata, the Greek word for gifts, right, or spiritual power, that those things died or ended with the apostles, okay? That's a strong belief across the world in many churches, okay? It's a wrong belief, but it's a strong belief. There are many other churches only want, listen, there's the churches that want to be led by just the word, you know, they don't, don't have any time for the Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit. And then there's churches that want to be only led by the Spirit. And they don't really want to take time for the Word or, or give the Word preeminence. And that's, that's a problem, okay? Placing, listen, a lot of times they place charismata or the gifts above the written revelation of the Word of God. So the only Word-based, the only Word-based church can seem cold. There's a lot of them out there. Religious, void of life, and what I would call crustomatic. They're crusty. I make up words. You didn't know that, but I make up words. Okay. So have you ever met a crusty Christian? I mean, they know the law, man. They know the word. They don't, yeah, but there's no spirit, okay? There's, so if you're a crustomatic, just save that for later. We'll counsel with you. And then the only spirit-based seems, only spirit-based, they can seem kind of spooky, mystical, kookamatic. <laughs> okay, kookamatic. 
I'm cuckoo baddick. I'm cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Anyway, that's the concept, okay? So the truth is God wants both without the crusty and the cuckoo. Huh? Let that sink in a minute. God wants us filled with the Spirit as the Word goes. Listen, you'll like this. This might be the only important thing I say. God wants us filled with the Spirit as the Word governs the flow of the Holy Spirit's operation in our lives. Ooh, that'll preach. God wants us filled with the Spirit as the Word governs the flow of the Holy Spirit's operation in our lives. That's really important right there. I've had encounters with a crusty, word-filled Christian before um, in my first youth pastorate. The pastor's wife was word-based, but there was no evidence of the Holy Spirit in that situation. In fact, being the good youth pastor that I was under her husband's leadership, I looked at his loving wife and told her, you need to get saved. Because <laughs> the word was there, but there was no fruit. Amen. <laughs> so, yeah, so, in, so I've had a lot of those. But anyway, now I've also had encounters with Kukumatic Christians, okay, in um, there's no evidence there of living under the authority of the scripture. It's kind of like I've had people come into the church over the years that they believe in the power of the spirit. They believe their gift, they have a gift and, and they want to use it to disrupt the church service. They want attention drawn to them. They, they do crazy things and blame it on the Holy Spirit. Okay. Listen, if you, if, you, if you come up here and fall on your knees and start barking, we have a plan in place for you. That's not the Holy Spirit, okay? That's, you've got a barking issue. Oh, that's okay. We're not playing that around here, okay? Um, the gifts are, not, gifts are not given to bring attention to you. God has poured, the Holy Spirit is pouring out his power. There's power in this church, amen? There are gifts in you that God has deposited by the Holy Spirit, amen? And they're meant to operate, and this leadership wants them to operate, okay? But it's not going to be Freaky Friday around here. We're not going to be throwing ourselves against the wall and, you know, blaming it on God. You know, I, <laughs> I told one lady, I, I told her husband, I said, you need to get your wife under control. Because I told her, listen, if you're going to function in a gift here, you're going to operate under the umbrella of this leadership. And that's just how it's going to be. We're not trying to stifling the gifts. We're trying to follow the scriptures. The scriptures set the tone to govern how the, the spirit operates. Amen. So if you get a word from God, we want to hear it. But it'll go through the proper channels. Amen. Yeah, I won't get into all that. So I can teach on that later. There's a lot to this message. So we'll get past the Kukumatic Christians. If I think of another one along the way, which I might, we'll, we'll bring it up, okay? So if you are one, go ahead and confess that right now. No, no one's, no one's owning up right now. So there's a scripture, and I don't have the address, but it says, don't go beyond what is written. Remember that. It seems like sometimes when people, you know, they, they believe the word, and then when they when they encounter the manifestation of the Spirit, all of a sudden they think they can throw the Word out. 
And it's just not so, guys. The Word governs the operation of the Spirit. So let everything, Paul said, let everything be done decently and in order. Paul was charismatic, okay, fully charismatic, but yet he wanted order in the church. And he set guidelines for operating, the Spirit operating in the church. So, so I want to look at, um, just, just to remind you, maybe you know all this already, but I want to look at some primary scriptures this morning about charismata, okay? Charismata meaning gifts, spiritual gifts, spiritual power. And first of all, charismata prophesied in the Old Testament, because I want to emphasize Rock Church is charismatic, and we've got a long history that we're following in this, okay? It goes all the way back to the early beginning of the church, but it goes back beyond the beginning of the church. It goes back to the prophets prophesying about the Holy Spirit being poured out on a future group of people. And guess that's us, church. Oh, amen. In Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 30, it says, Afterward, listen to this, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. I'm still seeing visions, just so you want to know the clarity on that. Um, even on my servants, listen to this now, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Okay, so the charismatic church was prophesied long before it was birthed physically on the earth it was prophesied about then we have this revelation in, in there's a few of them in luke 24 verses 46 to 49 jesus has lived on the earth he's mentored his disciples for three and a half years he's leaving you remember that story jesus left amen he was crucified he died he was raised from the dead and then he was talking to his disciples after he was resurrected and, and he said i'm leaving and he started to give some instructions about what? About the Holy Spirit being poured out on the church. He said, this is coming. Okay, and here's how he said it. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. And I'm going to, here, verse 49, and I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city, listen, stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So there we, listen, everything I'm talking about, we've got, we're going to back it all up with the Word of God. Amen. That's how we know it's the truth. That's how we know it's for today because God's Word is not going to change. Amen. God's, and God's going to confirm His Word. So in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8, I already read part of this. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem. He's setting up the church for infusion of power and gifts. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you or the church will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In a few days you will become charismatic okay so in acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 is a written record of what happened the day the spirit showed up okay 
chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, I can't cover all the stuff, guys. There's so much information. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, kind of like this. Amen? About 120 of them gathered. They're all together in one place. Suddenly a sound. Do you hear the sound in the background? Like a rushing water, baby, whatever. Kind of a... Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw. This is so amazing. When the Spirit was initially poured out, it says they saw what seemed to be. I think in the King James Version, it's tongues of fire. I saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. So there was a visual manifestation, and all of them were filled. How many? All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So don't let that freak you out. Tongue, tongues is real. Tongues is for then, tongues was for after then, tongues is for today, but tongue is only one manifestation of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, there's a, there's a whole bunch of other ones we're going to get into. So this is a distinctive of our church, to be spirit-filled, okay, to be full of the power and the presence of the Lord. Some of you may, may have never talked about this. You may have never looked into it. You've may, maybe you just, you know, it's beyond me. I don't want to think about it, but the reality is it's... It's here, it's for today, and it's really important. Because the gifts, listen, the gifts were given. The Holy Spirit was poured out for what reason? To bear witness to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit was poured out in power. There is power in this room, okay? And the Holy Spirit was poured out to be manifest in individual people. Now, Jesus, the Scripture says, had the Spirit without measure. Jesus did. Right? I mean, he was God in the flesh. He had the spirit without measure. You and I don't have the spirit without measure. The Lord set it up this way. I think that's a beautiful idea here because how many know we can get kind of proud, cocky, and arrogant? Could you imagine if I had all the gifts of the spirit without measure? Then I'd be walking down, yeah, I want a new Corvette. Yeah, I don't like you anymore. Ha, dust. Yes. You know, oh, I like you. I want to raise you. You've been dead for 10 years. I'm bringing you up anyway. Come on up out of there. You know, I mean, if, if Jesus had the spirit without measure, we don't. But we do have the spirit. And so what, he, what he's done here is he's made us codependent. That's why it's so important that we are unified. Okay? And that we we're, we're make ourselves available to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because... I may need what you have. What gift God manifests in you, I may need. I'm going to read these gifts off here in just a minute. And what gift God manifests in me, you may need. Okay? So I want to really put some guilt on you this morning. Okay? So if you're laying at home in bed Sunday morning not wanting to come to church, and the gift you have is there, and I'm here, we got a problem. Get up! I need you, amen? The gift manifesting in you, I need, amen? That's how he set up the body. We need each other. So let's look at these real quick. Charismata was expected to be fully functional in all the gospel preaching churches. That's the expectation of the Father. 
pour out my spirit, I'll gift them, and these things should be functioning in every church, not just our church, amen? But let's talk about them for a second. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 through 11, Paul says, now about the charismata, about the gifts of the spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be ignorant or uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, okay, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray by idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now listen now, he's going to go into some pretty heavy stuff. You can study this out more on your own. Some of you may be experts at this already. There are different kinds of gifts. But the same spirit distributes them. We're only drinking from one well here, amen? The same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of give or the different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but it all but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Everyone say God is at work. Amen. In our midst. Amen. God is at work in our midst. Now, to each one, remember I told you? He spread them out. To each one, the manifestation, I love that word, of the Spirit is given for the common good. The Spirit, the charismata are given for the good of the body. Okay? This is crazy. This is telling us that God in heaven, in his kingdom, on his throne, is encountering, interacting, manifesting in the midst of his people on the earth now. Amen. Not down the road, not 100 million years from now. God is manifesting now. God, when people walk into this place, I'm hoping, praying, I even believe this, that they are encountering the presence of God when they walk in this place. They may not even be able to explain it, but they know something is different at Rock Church. And I believe it's this is one of our distinctives, that we are charismatic, and the Spirit is manifesting. Listen, the Spirit may be manifesting in you, and you don't even know it. Sometimes that's the best way. Amen? But the truth is, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. I need a prop. I need a prop. Where's Jordan? Big Jordan. Run down here. I need someone bigger than me. Run, Jordan. That ain't hurry. Dag nabbit. Okay, I want you to turn around, look at everybody, because I can hide behind you. Okay, I want to man, this is what manifest means. You ever get that? The spirit manifests. He shows, okay, you're good, George. Go on, sit down. So, to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given, okay? The, the spirit shows up. For the common good of the body. The Spirit doesn't show up so you can go twiddly-diddly, cuckoo dancing across the front of the stage and everybody can see you. I 
I've been, listen, I've been doing this for 40 years. I've been in some weird churches. Terry and I went to a little snake charming church or something and she, when we were in Bible college and we weren't even married yet. We were dating. She was trying to talk me into it. But <laughs> so we went to this church and it was a spirit filled church, Pentecostal church. And, and they're calling at the altar. People come up, you know, and, and I don't even know how they drug her up there. They got like six spirit filled people around here and they're <laughs> so great, man. You got to know my wife to really appreciate this, man. She's proper. She's in this, they had her circled. They're speaking in tongues and they're slapping her forehead. And she looks over at me and her eyes are this big, like, help, I'm in hell. No. <laughs> and I walked up, just grabbed her and said, come on, let's get out of here. This is crazy. Okay. See, even kid babies know it. But listen, that that's not that's not how this is supposed to go. Amen. I mean, the Holy Spirit is real, and the power is real, and the gifts are real. And, but they shouldn't they shouldn't embarrass. They shouldn't. You know what I mean? They shouldn't. No, they're they're supernatural. There's mystery there. But the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. He's Smart, he's gentleman, he's kind, not wanting to embarrass the spirit. The gifts are given for the common good to build up the body. We're charismatic because we want the gifts to function to build you up, to build each other up. Amen. So there are different kinds. I read that. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. I'm just going to read through them. I can't comment them all. I'm almost out of time. Um, I think. Anyway, where am I? Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. Okay, which means God might give you, drop into your heart, wisdom for somebody else. And your job is just to share that. Okay, just go, maybe go to that person quietly and share that with them. And it's not your job to see how they respond. It's, that's not your concern. Your job is to do what you feel the Spirit's prompting you to do, in, in decently and in order, not out of order, not to get attention. This is never, 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 never to get attention on you. Never. That's out of the equation. It's to, it's to benefit the body and to bring attention to Jesus. He is the Spirit. Amen. And he's the one doing the work. Now, to one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers. Listen to this. These are heavy things. Miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So the Lord is the, the, the gifter and the director and the one who determines. Now, listen, there's a lot of prophecy, okay, the words that come forth that build up. Like, Jared, How many thought Jared's prophetic word this morning was powerful, okay? Well, Jared didn't just run up here and grab the mic. 
we have order in this house. Jared was approached and asked and went through proper channels, and I think his word blessed the church this morning, don't you? No one thought it was crazy, right? It just was powerful, and that's, that's kind of what we're looking for here, you know? Um, we had a lady come in years ago that the Holy Spirit was telling her to divorce her husband. You know, and he, there was nothing going on. He was a good guy, took care of her, you know, he worked. He, but the Holy Spirit, man, he's telling her to divorce her husband. Wasn't the Holy Spirit. The Word was telling her not to divorce her husband. I want you to figure that out, okay? There might be some unique situations there that there's a time for that, but you don't just pop up and say, the Holy Spirit's told me to go against the Word. I don't think it works that way. I would guess the Holy Spirit would say, do everything in your power to honor me and, and obey the Word in that situation. And then if, it's, if things you know, unfold in an unseemly manner, then you go to your pastors and your elders and you work through it with them and God will help. Amen? You hear what I'm saying? There's, there's a process. That's my point. I'm almost done. Here's the last part of this. How many of you Glad Rock churches is a charismatic church? Anybody besides me just excited about the idea? <laughs> gifted, gifted, spiritually gifted. Charismata. Amen. To desire these things. 1 Corinthians 14.1, gifts to function. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Especially prophecy. Because prophecy is all about the word being spoken that builds up and edifies the body of Christ. So, conclusion. Maybe some takeaways this morning. You all right? Everyone okay? All right. If, if you're a kookamatic Christian, I'm sorry. If you're an old crusty Christian, I'm sorry about that too. But we want to find the balance. Amen. We want to let the word of God govern the Holy Spirit's operation in this house. We want to make, just really, we just want to make sure it's the Holy Spirit. Okay, and we have leaders in place that are pretty mature and sensitive to that, and that's really important to us. So here's a takeaway, or maybe a few. Rock Church is charismatic. We're not, we are to live by the Word of God. In doing so, the Word will take us into encounters and gifts. Okay? The Word will take us into those things. And we need teaching on that, probably, I'm sure. We are to live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus has opened the door to everything he intends for the church. Okay? The church and the power and the charis of charismata are bonuses from a loving Savior to an undeserving world. We believe them. We're glad we believe them. We hope you believe them too. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, Rock Church.